Broadcasting live to the world now, it's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. Sheila Zelensky. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Sheila Zelensky show today. Hey, a lot of people have asked us about, hey, where can we follow you? And I'm really excited to announce that we have a telegram. Look for the Sheila Zelinsky Network. Follow us on Twitter, our official Facebook page, our verified page. And we are also on Instagram. All that information is linked below and is up on your screen if you're listening on the podcast. On Facebook, I'm Real Sheila Z, all one word. And on Twitter, at Real Sheila Z. Instagram, it's just simply Sheila Zelinsky. And because they took our YouTube channel down, we are now migrating all the shows that we can find over there to SheilaZelinsky.tv. And we've added something that you've asked for, a search feature, and we are uploading all shows and you'll be able to search by guest. And make sure you stay in the loop by subscribing to our e-news alert. They update you on great guests and must listen to shows. My e-newsletter, you'll get one email a week. And trust me, you want to stay in the loop. And finally, make sure if you have not read Technogeddon, the book I wrote this year, make sure you get your hands on Technogeddon. Make sure that you peruse my books too. You want to get your hands on Power Prayers, Warfare That Works. All that information is over there at SheilaZlinski.com. You just go to books. And lastly, can I depend on you for your support to this ministry? It's end of your giving. And if you've been blessed by this ministry, would you take just a minute to sow back into this ministry? You've heard me address you all as family, and this is how I see you. So from one family member to another, may I personally ask you to help me grow and expand and bless more than ever before in the amazing coming year. Thank you for your friendship and your generosity. And for folks listening on the podcast, if you jump over there to SheilaZelinski.com, there is a large pink donate button in the far right corner. Please go and check out the options. And I really want to encourage people to become a patron. As of this month, we're putting a lot of content on Patreon that is not otherwise going to be available to the general public. We really want to reward patrons. Support me on Patreon by becoming a patron today. Remember that we're listener supported and we appreciate your partnership now more than ever. So make sure you go check out the multiple options that are easy and convenient over there at SheilaZelinski.com. Become one of my patrons today and unlock exclusive content. And I thank you very much for that. Well, I would like to jump right into the program today, folks. You're going to be very blessed by these two guests. It is Pastor Rodney and Tracy Fortin from the Church in the Vine in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And boy, oh boy, have they taken a bold stance. I've been attending their church. I've got to know them. And I'm telling you something, boy, oh boy, their stance and what they've been uh, enduring is something else. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome them both to the program. It is Rodney 
and Tracy Fortin, pastors from Church in the Vine in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Welcome to the program. It's great to have you both on. Thank you so much, uh, Sheila, for having us today. We really appreciate it and uh, glad to be here. Well, first of all, there's incredible things happening at Church in the Vine. The exponential growth, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the fastest growing church in Canada, really, in light of the fact that you've been one of the few that have stayed open and really pushed back against this evil agenda we find ourselves in. And I'm sure it's been quite a journey just getting to this point, and it's definitely had its challenges. So I'll throw the the mic to you, Rodney. Talk about that. Well, first of all, we just want to give glory to God for everything that he's doing in this day. We believe that this is a very significant day for expansion and increase for those who are standing. And we're believing God that um, everything that he wants to do, he's going to do. So we're totally submitted to the kingdom of God in our day. And I guess one of the things I want to say as far as our call to Edmonton, you know, it began in 2018, just a couple of years ago. It's, it's, it's amazing how much has happened in such a short period of time. But Tracy, she had a dream in 2018 in June that we'd be moving in a year. And so we started praying into it and asking God, you know, where did you want us to go? But we felt revival was coming. There was there was something about revival in our own hearts that God had been doing. And then in nearing the end of 2018 into December, I had a dream I was being asked, not in the dream, but that earlier that day, I had a guy, he was looking at uh, putting us on 70 networks across Asia as far as preaching on TV, because we were traveling and doing ministry at that particular time. We weren't pastoring. And uh, so I had a dream that night. I was asking God, I said, God, show me if you want me to do this with this television network. And because I didn't quite have peace. And so what I did was uh, in the middle of the night, God gave me that dream. He showed me this God TV van parked in front of our church building. I'm talking about our church building now. But at that particular time, I'd never seen Church in the Vine. I had no idea that it even existed. I I wasn't looking at pastoring a church. I wasn't moving that direction. As far as I knew, I was going to be preaching all over the country and trusting Jesus wherever he would lead us. And so what happened was when I saw that God TV van, it affirmed to me that God was wanting to do something, but I didn't have peace about the networks. And so what ended up happening is we moved into 2019. And in the beginning of 2019, I had another dream. And the next day, a prophet contacted me from the United States. And he said, you're going to pastor a church, you're going to pastor a large church, and it's going to touch the nations. And so I tucked that in my heart. And the next day, I had a a meeting booked. And now now this is three consecutive days, which is amazing how it kind of worked out. But I had a, a meeting booked in Edmonton with this pastor that I'd never met before. Somebody had given him our information. And I sat down with him and he said, I don't know how to tell you this, but God spoke to me a week ago about you. I was looking at your information on the wall and uh, God spoke to me and he said, you're the next pastor of this church. I looked at him and I, I wasn't surprised. I really felt like there was a yes in my heart. And I told him, I said, I heard from a prophet the day before and I had a dream a day before that. So I knew that God was doing something significant and he was going to, um, going to Mexico to do some ministry out there and spend some time with his family. He said, can you cover our church for a couple of weeks, you know, while we're away? I said, sure, no problem. It'd be great. And, you know, it's interesting that Sunday when Tracy and I drove into the parking lot, I saw the exact spot where the God TV van was parked in front of the the building that I'd seen in my dream several months earlier. 
And I knew that we'd come home. And when we walked into the building, the presence of God was so full on with us. We just knew that God was bringing us to this place. And we knew that God was calling us to revival in Edmonton. And it's interesting, this summer in July, God spoke to me and I was sitting on the edge of my bed. I saw this pastor from Elmer, Ontario, and he was waving the Christian flag. And I heard the Lord say, the giant has awoken and the awakening's begun. And I, I sat on the edge of my bed and I shook for almost an hour and God's presence was with me. And I believe that what we are seeing right now is the beginning of the fulfillment of the prophetic call for us to come to Edmonton for revival. We're starting to see it. We're starting to see it in our church. And I'll tell you what, I can't take any credit for that. The only thing I could say is we're trying to be obedient and to walk as sons and daughters of the King. That's the important part right there. I think that we have done absolutely nothing. I can say with confidence that we've done nothing to stir this up or to bring this about in any way. We're not the orchestrating type to begin with, but looking back on this last season in particular, it has been so ordained. Every single step of the way has been just God putting things together one step at a time, because truly, even if we had wanted or tried to create what we're currently walking in, we never could have. We couldn't even have imagined that we'd find ourselves where we are right now. The anticipation and the excitement is uh, its tangible, quite incredible. Yes, yes, it is. And what's really incredible is, is it's all happening within the confines of a really tyrannical regime that Canada finds itself under with these lockdowns of churches. It's been incredible how much you've got hammered from both the Alberta government, AHS, OHS. I mean, it just goes on and on. Talk about that. Well, you're right. It hasn't been without challenge. I mean, going back a year and a half when, when COVID first started, truthfully, none of us knew what it was. And I mean, we did take a bit of a pause at the very beginning, um, which I think was wise and prudent uh, just to see how, how this was going to play out. But by week two or week three, we had a leadership meeting and determined that, you know what, come what may, we we need to continue to stand. We, we did feel that that there was an agenda and that it was being pushed and that it wasn't legitimate and it was nothing to be afraid of for, for the body of Christ. So we determined at that point that regardless of what came, we needed to continue to be obedient and trust God and, and let the chips fall where they may, so to speak. So we did going back last year, I think Passover Sunday, we kind of relaunched with a new sense of, of purpose and uh, and favor. Truly, God's favor has been with us right right from the beginning and from that moment our body has has been behind us and said you know what yeah we're going full guns 100% we're we're not slowing down this train for nothing and last christmas we did receive our first health order from Alberta Health Services. We received a second health order shortly thereafter and AHS was trying to come in and and do, you know, do their compliance checks. And again, we, we knew that the agenda was was under working in there. And so we respectfully declined. As a religious gathering on Sunday mornings, we are protected and it is unlawful for these authorities to come in. So we respectfully declined them access and we were then treated to 12 counts of obstruction. Wow. Six of them were for me personally, because I was the one standing outside and respectfully declining. And the other six charges were against the church. Now, I do say respectfully, because I think it's important to note that 
we truly have have attempted to maintain an honoring posture. We we've not spoken ill. We we've really honestly tried to be honoring towards the authorities through all of this while maintaining our obedience to continue to operate the way that we always have and the way that God was calling us to go. And it was all good. Um, we had those charges. We knew it was coming. Um, but then come the summer here this past summer, you know how Alberta opened for the summer, right? <laughs> and so Alberta Health Services, they kind of took a bit of a, a back seat, I guess, for the time being. They were leaving us alone a little bit. But then they sent occupational health and safety. Now, in all our years of ministry, we've never had a visit from OHS. At the time, we had 2.5 staff in the office during the week. So it didn't make a whole lot of sense. So we, again, we sought the Lord on it and he revealed that there was an agenda there and we respectfully declined again for them to come in and do their routine inspection. So they proceeded to give us a $5,000 ticket <laughs> for obstructing them. As well as our fantastic lawyer, James Kitchen, he was with the JCCF, the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. They represented us very, very well. James did end up stepping out from under that banner and going on his own, and we felt we needed to continue with him. So he is currently our lawyer, and the rebel has stepped up in such a big way. They've represented us well. They've uh, shared our story, and they're looking after all of our fees. So we're so blessed to have them in our corner, for sure. Does it surprise you, Rodney, you can answer this, and I'd love your both your takes on this. Does it surprise you at the amount of acquiescence, though, that's happened with church compliance, just cl either closing down churches or some of them are paid to keep them open as vaccine centers. Some of them need proof of vaccine. Does this surprise you? Well, you know what? For a long time, I found myself really kind of trying to speak to get churches to stand up. We've, we found ourselves speaking in all kinds of different places at different rallies and and really calling the church to arise and and uh, let their light shine and and not to come under this tyranny because I mean we look at uh, some of these like Shadrach Meshach and Abednego for example you know when when they were called to stab or to bow to the statue of Nebuchadnezzar they they said you know our O King we we surely can't do this we have to serve God and it doesn't matter whether we're going to get punished or not, we're, we're not going to bow down to this. And of course, you know, they were thrown into the fire. And we know Daniel's example, as well as the early church in Acts chapter 5. You know, but here's the thing. We knew deep down in our heart that we were supposed to stand and uh, continue to walk as a plumb line of truth in this nation, to continue to proclaim truth no matter what the cost. And one day God began to speak to me and I said, God, I don't understand why the churches aren't standing. And what he said to me was was very plain. And, and he said to me, he said, it's because the churches have come under the spirit of Herod. They've come under a political spirit that's pushing them. You see, the more we are governed by Herod and the Pharisees, those two leavens, the more we come under that, the moment the political spirit begins to rise and begins to push on the church, the church naturally succumbs to it. But the more we are governed by the kingdom of God, the more Jesus is our king, the more we're surrendered to him, the less we're going to surrender to those other two spirits. And what I've seen, and this is why I'm not really surprised now, is because what I've seen is most churches in Canada are more surrendered to that religious political spirit than they are to the kingdom of God. 
It's such a revelation to me. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It really is to have come to that realization. You're right. At the beginning, we were a little surprised and frustrated and even angry at some leaders, some of whom we had known and ministered alongside with for years and years, were without even question just bowing down and and giving all of these the, these excuses and reasons and even using the Bible to justify their actions. It was frustrating and angry and everything in us really just wanted to call them up, call them to to rise and take a stand. But, you know, like Rodney was just saying, you know, they can't. They, they've given themselves over to, to those spirits and their hands have been tied. And it reminds me of a verse in 2 Timothy 4.3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. It doesn't say they won't like it. They have another preference. It says they will not endure it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's another scripture actually in the Word of God, First Thessalonians, I think chapter 2, where it talks about, you know, God is going to give them over to a strong delusion to believe the lie, and it's because they didn't have a love for the truth. I think what we're seeing is we're seeing the church being given over to a delusion. I mean, I mean, honestly, I it seems like the enemy has blinded the church to see the truth because they're not walking in it. And, you know, and all of a sudden it's because they didn't have a love for the truth. I mean, we're the throne of God in heaven is circled with truth. It's, it's surrounded with truth. And we're supposed to gird ourselves around with truth. We're supposed to walk in truth. I mean, the spirit of truth should be coming out of our mouth. It should be in our hearts. And what we're seeing is we're seeing a delusion church rather than a church being able to walk in truth, seeing what's really happening. It's astounding to me. Well, and I think much of what we see expressed in the church today, Rodney and Tracy, is built on traditions, Christian culture, paganism. It's kind of a mixture. And it's imperative that we, as God's people, dare to stop and take a closer look at the church today and really compare it to the first model. The first church we read about in the Bible, obviously Book of Acts, if we're going to succeed in making disciples of all nations, then I think we have to go back to that template that we find in the Bible. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, it's interesting in First Corinthians 2, Paul says, "I my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith would not rest upon the wisdom of men, but upon the power of God. And and I believe that the power to be a witness, what we've done is we've taken the, the idea of being a witness and we've brought it down to, hey, you know, we want to make people like us. So we're going to try to, you know, we're going to have a pancake breakfast as a church to invite our community out so that they can like us and, you know, maybe come into our church, but but rather God says, you know, I want you to be people of power and anointing. I want you to be led by my spirit because it's in that very thing. It's being led by the spirit of God, being empowered by him, by which we get our power to be witnesses. It's when heaven and earth come into agreement. When we say your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven to release the power and the anointing of God. And to me, that's the that's the true witness. It's not about a pancake breakfast. It's about it's about really being the sons and daughters of God, releasing the power and the anointing to change, to bring the kingdom into the earth. And it's this power and anointing and life that we speak of that has drawn the people to Church in the Vine. At the very beginning, you know, going back again to the, the beginning of this whole season, we did have an influx of people who were coming along for the rah-rah, you know, because we had freedom in common. We were standing up for something and they wanted to stand behind that and support. 
But I've got to tell you, Sheila, that whole thrust has shifted. And the people that are coming now and continuing to come are coming because of this manifestation of life and power. And week after week, I got to tell you, God just keeps showing up and he keeps doing stuff. And, and people are so excited to be given an opportunity to walk in life with like-minded believers. Well, I think that term is really important. And it is, again, like-minded believers, because I think over, I would say, the last decade or so, the term revival, it's been kind of thrown around, it's been overused, it's been sort of had a negative connotation. We need a restoration, an awakening, a reviving. There's been a lot of prophetic words for both Canada and Alberta. Rodney and Tracy, where do you feel where we are now compared to where we're going? What do you kind of feel in your spirits on the horizon for both Alberta and Canada, being that Edmonton's been talked about a lot as a place for revival as well? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to start with this is, you know, we're driving past the Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton one day, and I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, can we fill this? And I, I almost looked to see the Lord because it was such a clarion ask uh, from him. And I said, yes, we can, Lord, you know. And then shortly after that, God spoke to me again. And he said, you know, Rod, he says, I did not make these stadiums for the Edmonton Oilers, and I didn't make them for the Edmonton Eskimos or the Edmonton Elks, so to speak now. He said, I didn't make them for them. They were made for me and for my move, what I want to do. Wow. And I really, I've had this sense in my spirit that God is going to do something so supernatural. So I believe that right now is a preparation ground. God has been looking for people who are wanting to stand, people who are willing to stand and put their face like flint against the work of the enemy to stand up against tyranny. He's looking to see even like Gideon's army, you know, it started off as such a great army and then whittled it down to such a, a precious few that were watching and waiting. They they knew how to, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like they, they had that sword in one hand and they had a shovel in the other as, as they worked and, you know, they were watching on the wall. These are things that God has been doing to prepare his body. He's been getting us ready. But I believe in 2022, it's very significant. I believe that the greatest move of God that we've ever seen on the face of this planet is coming I believe that we're being prepared right now for the glory of God to fall in Edmonton as well as in other places of the world. And I, I believe that right now we're just we're just starting to step into it. But I believe in the spring of this year, we're going to see such a manifestation of the glory of God that it's, it's going to transform our cities. It's going to transform our nation. It's going to sweep across the nations. And I believe that we're moving into that right now. We have such a... Um, a desire in our hearts, such a um, an awakening even in our own spirits. I mean, I'm driving down the yellowhead, and lots of times the presence of God is hitting me, and I, could, I just start to weep. I know that God is doing something. He's getting us ready right now. And I believe that even in our hearts, He's cleaning out things that shouldn't be. He's getting us ready because for this move, we need to walk in holiness like we've never walked before. So He's purging. He's doing things right now to get us ready for that move. I believe that. Yay. It's a humbling privilege that we've been chosen for such a time as this to play the role that we get to play. It's moment by moment, continuing to look to Jesus and trust him because we don't have, truly, we have nothing. Apart from him, we don't have a single thing. And so we're, we have to continue to look to him and trust him every step of the way. And he's proving faithful day after day after day. 
When you think about the first fellowships, they saw how the Holy Spirit was present amongst the people, and the Holy Spirit was a big part of this. And also the sin factor. I mean, repentance is a huge thing that isn't talked about much more in the church, but it wasn't just the people in the fellowship who made the decisions. No, they let the Holy Spirit take the place. So that's important, isn't it? Yeah. Like for for us, you know, every Sunday... I just invite the Lord Jesus to come and I invite the Holy Spirit to pastor the church. I'm like, Lord, you are the lead pastor of this church. Father, you steward it. You show me. I, I'm a shepherd, yes, but you've called me to uh, hear you and to work with you and to partner with you. So God, whatever direction you want to go, whatever you want to do, Lord, I just submit and I yield to you. That's our heart's cry is just to really allow the Holy Spirit to go before us. I mean, it's like Moses said, and unless you go before us, how else will they know that we are your people? And I think that's the biggest thing right now. And and uh, if God doesn't go ahead of us, you know, if he's not moving, if the cloud isn't lifting, we're not going. And so we're just trying to be 100% obedient to what the Spirit of God is saying and trying to keep a posture of humility and walk in unity with one another. And I believe that that's a big key right now is unity. Unity in the body. You know, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. I mean, the cry of the last day is is uh, the Spirit and the bride say, come. You know, so there's this divine partnership that's happening that God is preparing. And ultimately, it just comes down to obedience. Um, a lot of churches and, and groups of people these days have made it about, you know, this issue or that issue, to vax, to not to vax, to passport, to not passport, mask, you know, so on. They're just distractions, that they're, they're just the catalysts of our day. This ultimately has to come down to righteousness versus unrighteousness and obedience versus disobedience. And we're choosing righteousness and obedience. We live in a day when there's not a lot of obedience to God. There's a lot of disobedience and there's really no fear of the Lord anymore. There's not a deep reverence. It seems like that reverence has just gone out the window. And let's face it, right now, a lot of Christians are being browbeaten, they're being pressured, they're being pressured to take the vax, they're being pressured by their jobs, they're being threatened, they're going to be fired, they can't travel. The spirit of fear has really come on the people, hasn't it? Absolutely. You know, they're being threatened for sure. You know, what they've done is we we have a a premier. And again, when I talk about the premier, I'm not talking about he he's not our enemy. And that's one of the things that God has really shown me over the time is that he's he's not the enemy. There's an enemy behind him that's really it, it's like a spirit of Haman that's actually trying to silence the church, that's trying to bring the church to their demise. And you know, you can see it in how the enemies used our premier by passing legislation with these vaccine passports that are causing Christians to lose their jobs because people that are actually standing and largely it's um, the Christian body is saying, no, we can't get vaccinated. We can't move this way. And so what's happening is if they get moving toward this vaccine passport, if they don't get vaccinated, well, all of a sudden their jobs are being taken. And if their jobs are being taken, the finances in the kingdom are being threatened. And then the church finances are being threatened and so on, so on, like a, a domino effect. But the truth is, as the Lord showed me, he said, I don't want 
want you to focus on those things. I don't want you to focus on what you won't have if people can't give to the Lord. He said, I want you to focus on me and see what I have. See, because the kingdom knows no limits. The kingdom of God doesn't rely on the world to provide a job. I talked to our church not long ago and I said, you know what? God can take a raven and pull a bag of groceries off somebody's porch and bring it to your porch. You know, we have no idea how God's going to provide. You know, when God called Elijah to the Kareth Brook, what did he do? He fed him with ravens. And so we know that God is able. And so we have to focus on the, the the fact that God is able. But what the enemy's trying to do is the enemy through all kinds of threats. He's trying to shut down the church and silence the church. And you know what? When people are starting to worry about their jobs and how they're going to provide for themselves, all of a sudden their eyes are off the kingdom. You know, if, if the enemy steals from you, you need to realize that he owes you the thief's price and he's got to pay you back seven times. And you, you realize that God is bigger than anything the enemy can throw at us. And he's already gone ahead of you in the presence of the enemies. He set a table before you so that you can partake of his goodness in the presence of your enemies. You will not lack in this season. So, and we certainly yeah. don't want to make light of people's situation. I mean, the truth is a lot of them are finding themselves in, in a hard place with regard to threatened job loss and, and divisions in families. Like for some people, it, it's actually quite extreme and, and really hard to see. We don't want to make light of that, but at the same right. time, encouraging people to keep their blinders on and not be distracted. You don't have to look in the Bible very far to see example after example of, of, of persecution. I mean, we, we use that word kind of lightly perhaps here in Canada, because the truth is we have no idea what persecution for our faith really is. But there has been a measure of persecution against the true Christian in this season, and so we're encouraging people to not be distracted. Yes, it's a job. Yes, it's your family. You're attached to those things and you feel a sense of need. But remember, who is your provider? Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not your employer. And your family is not necessarily your biological family. We as a church family are drawn so close together this last season. It has been a truly beautiful thing to see. Well, it's really, you're right, Tracy. And I think that's an important point that, you know, this is a level. It's a form. It's a, a measure of persecution. And I think we're definitely not seeing the end of that for sure. But I want to go back to something that, Rodney said on the spirit of Haman, I think that is so important to unpack this a little bit, because when you look in Esther, it says that all the king's servants bowed and paid homage to Haman. This is how I see this spirit of Haman. And I think this is really important that you mention this, Rodney. It, it kind of begins to whisper to key leaders in this hour. It appeals to their, their pride of life, the man's egos, their pride. It serves its own agenda. And we see in the book of Esther that Haman was full of greed, arrogance, hatred. He was really desiring that promotion in the king's courts. I mean, he wanted a political level influence. And he was ruthless to get his own way, even if it was to the point of murdering God's chosen people, or he brought division, he pulled apart that godly divine protection that the king had from Mordecai. So when you look at how that spirit co-labors with deception, that's really important that we understand there's a, there's a political agenda, and it brings destruction, doesn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can see right from Ottawa, you can see how the leaders in Ottawa, as well as provincial municipally all across this country, you can see how these these decrees have been made against the church, you know, to, uh, trying to get us not to meet, trying to get us to worship with masks on, trying to get us to uh, almost to segregate us, to, to make sure that each believer, rather than, you know, doing what Hebrews says, you know, the Bible says that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together all the more while we see the day approaching. But what the enemy has done through these decrees is tried to segregate the body so that it's standing alone. And, you know, we don't, our power isn't alone, but our power is when we come together as one body. And you can see how these decrees, how this spirit has, has been an assignment, like an assault, almost like putting gallows up. The gallows had been put up so that the church, the, the design is to get the church to hang on it so that, you know, it can take away our religious rights and freedoms, our charter rights, all those things to take away our, our biblical standing on. All those things, the, the spirit of Haman's been going after the church for the last couple of years. And, um, you know, but I believe that the gallows are being turned right now. I believe in the spiritual realm, people are praying like they've never prayed before. And we're doing it in our own church. We're praying on Tuesday nights. We're having a great impact in the spirit. We're going after that spirit and we're praying the gallows be turned. We've gone to the king ourselves, almost like Esther did. We've grabbed hold of the scepter. And we've said we've told the king what the assignment is against uh, our our people, and we're seeing the gallows turned on the uh, the the leaders of our nation, and we're going to start to see those things become released. All of a sudden, the exposure of these leaders, of these false teachers, these false prophets from Ottawa and all over different levels of government are being exposed. And the world is going to see it. The truth is coming out. And I believe that's another thing that God is doing right now is he's releasing truth. The media, the lies are being exposed. And uh, that spirit of Haman is going to be exposed. And we're going to see these leaders hung on the gallows. What, what the enemy meant for the church is going to be turned on those leaders. That's a good word. I like, you know, the enemy turning on each other. Again, we see even in Second Chronicles, God sent ambushments into the enemy camp. I love the vision that you got, Tracy, too. Talk to the, the listeners about that. I thought that was very powerful. Oh, you're referring to that one a couple Tuesdays ago? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I shared how, how God had shown me a picture of of an electrical cord, but not your average household electrical cord. It was gigantic. The, the body of the cord was probably a foot and a half in diameter, and it was black, and it stretched the entire length of the country. And then on the end were the there were the tentacles of the of the cord. That's right. We were praying specifically with regard to the media and the lies and the deception that were being funneled into the, the homes and the hearts and minds of, of Canadians through the tentacles of this cord. And that's what we were praying, that God would expose and uh, reveal the wickedness there. And in what God showed me, there was an axe head that came down. And again, for a visual, the axe head was probably a foot across on the sharp end of the blade. And it came down and it severed the cord. And when that cord was severed, all the tentacles that were attached to the cord across the entire country turned into snakes and slithered away. And in the moment, I took that as an encouragement to, to continue to pray and contend for, for that exposure to happen. And that, that was the heart of God, that, that those would be exposed and that we, as his people, 
would be the ones to to pray it into existence. So yeah, that was in keeping with the direction of that Tuesday night. Well, I think it's very powerful what that represents. You know, we see these news outlets that are bought and paid for. And of course, it's very, it's a very antichrist, ungodly, anti-human agenda. I think when you saw these snakes and serpentines, I did a show recently, the spirit of Python, the spirit of Viper, how, you know, in Acts 16, you see Paul's confronted by this woman possessed of the spirit of divination. And the Greek word I thought was interesting, the Greek word for divination is Python. So it's like the spirit of Python grabs a hold of you and it, it, it like squeezes the breath out of you spiritually. And I think it's really important to, you know, look at these kind of serpentine spirits that are that are really about control, which is witchcraft. Isn't that interesting, Rodney, how there's so much of this sort of charismatic witchcraft and it's kind of coming at us from every level, isn't it? Yeah, it is so much. Um, you know, it you, you can totally see it. You know, we need to be really careful in this day that, uh, you know, like you got familiar spirits that are functioning under the guise of the prophetic and uh, you know it's really important that we're not listening and functioning under those those spirits and we're really listening to what the spirit of god is saying and we need to be close and walking in humility and you know one thing when you talk about the the spirit of python you know this this strangling almost like just wrapping itself around the church you know what does the enemy do the enemy comes and he tries to wear down the saints tries to make them tired, tries to make them inoperable and ineffective. And we, we just need to be watchful. God, turn up our discernment in this hour for, for things that are false and, and for wickedness so that we can walk in, in truth and uh, allow the Spirit of God to, to lead us. Yeah, well said, well said. Well, in the last part of the show, Rodney and Tracy, I'd like to give you the mic to talk about what you feel is important going forward here there's boy oh boy there's been a lot that has happened this year and of course we're coming into a new year very soon i'm going to hand you the mic and you just take it wherever you want to go sure before rodney uh closes up the the time here with us i just wanted to bring us back if you don't mind back to what we were sharing at the beginning with regard to um the charges just so people are aware they can be praying uh, for us april 19 to 22nd is our court date that is when we will stand before the judge and plead innocent on on these charges so if people can be you know praying for god's favor in that regard and about the ohs fine that we received for five thousand. I think it's important to to share that we had a victory in that. We did file an appeal to that uh, to that ticket and we then received a letter back from Occupational Health and Safety saying to the effect, uh, thank you Church in the Vine for being so willing to work with us and for letting us come into your building to do our inspection. We now find you in compliance and this case is closed. The ticket is rescinded. The only problem is that we never did let them in. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. They, they did lie to get the to get that off of their backs, I guess. But regardless, we will take the victory on that one. And my last point is 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 in that vein. It's just victory. Uh, we are going to continue to walk in victory and claim victory on every front front um, for the for the glory of the kingdom. Amen. And uh, for me, I guess I I want to say to the government. First of all, I like to challenge the government. If if any government leaders, whether in Canada, whether uh, locally, provincially, municipally, for also for the uh, government in Ottawa, federally, I would I would just say, you know what? If you're going to continue to operate in an evil way. You need to know that your days are numbered. And uh, I just want to say, even as Moses did, I feel like 
feel like a voice that needs to cry out and say, let my people go. I really believe that you've been trying to hold down, hold back the church of Jesus Christ. But you need to understand that no weapon formed against the church will ever prosper. And you you are finding yourself uh, wanted. You're in want right now. And you're finding yourself coming up against the authority of God and against his church. And that will not continue to happen. I believe that God is about to bring a breakthrough across our nation. And that's one thing I'd like to say, but also to challenge spiritual leaders not to hide behind Romans 13 with bad exegesis anymore. There's a the, the whole thing is, is this idea that, that we're supposed to submit to evil. And I don't see that anywhere in Scripture where God has asked us to submit to evil. You know, when evil begins to raise its head, that's when the church needs to be a plumb line of truth to the nation. And I believe just as a spiritual leader in this nation, I call the church, I want to speak to the church leaders in the church of Jesus Christ to stand and begin to act in truth, walk in truth, and begin to speak the truth and live out truth under the authority that God has placed in us and not to hide behind false teaching any longer. We're called to be a plumb line of truth in our day. And, you know, another thing is that the Bible says in the spring, when the kings went out to battle, David stayed home. And because he stayed home, he was distracted by all kinds of other things. I want you to know prophetically that this is not the season for the church to stay home. This is a season for the church to go out into the battle, to engage the battle. And I'm not I'm not saying to, to put on your own weapons or go out in your own strength. I'm talking about go out in the strength and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and and speak, release, empower, you know, all those things. Let, let God go before you. And I just want to challenge the church right now across the country, across even into the United States, across the world, whoever listens to this broadcast, to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent for being passive. Repent for inactivity. Repent for surrendering to evil in our day. And begin to shepherd God's people once again. Be led by the Spirit of God, because the Bible says those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And that's my challenge to you today. Amen. That is an excellent scripture and a wonderful reminder. Before I get Tracy to give out the information for how folks can check out the church, I would love you... Rodney, to pray for the people that are listening. Maybe there's people tuned in and they're just, you know, going through such depression or anxiety. There's such a desperation that I'm seeing in my emails and and various people. So um, let's pray for the people right now, shall we? Yeah, amen. Praise God. Father in heaven, we just thank you so much that God, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Father, thank you that no weapon formed against your church will prosper. Even right now, those gallows are being turned on evil. Father, against those leaders that would propagate evil, Father. And right now, your eyes are on your children. And Father, even right now, I pray in the name of Jesus that God, you begin to fill each person, each child that has their eyes turned to you today. I pray that you would take away anxiety and depression. I command you to go in the name of Jesus. You have no place in their life. God, 
God, I pray that a release of peace would come. Even right now, I speak peace over everyone listening. I speak peace over their heart, over their minds in Jesus' name. I come against the spirit of suicide that's connected. Death, you no longer have a sting on your body. You have no place in the body of Christ. You have come to destroy, to steal, and to kill. But Jesus has come to give us life, an abundant life. And so, Lord, right now, I just release life upon your people. I pray that the work that the enemy's been trying to do, that that would be turned back on him in Jesus' name. And Father, I speak breakthrough over your people. Father, over their finances, over their homes, over their jobs, in the name of Jesus. I pray breakthrough over their marriages, Father. Even God, all this stuff has been trying to get in between husbands and wives and, and all kinds of things. God, we pray breakthrough over them in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you, God, that today your body is rising and good things are coming. Father, as we set our minds on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, help us to see you. Father, take our eyes off of all this stuff going on. We are not of death, but Father, we are of life. Father, your word says that I would have fainted along the way if I wouldn't have seen you in the land of the living. And today we focus our eyes on you. And Father, we recognize that in you is life and that life is light today. Help us to see that. Put your light upon your people. Fill them even right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That was powerful. Take some time, Tracy, and let people that are listening, especially those in Edmonton and surrounding areas, how they can tap into Church in the Vine. For sure. Our doors are open. Uh, Sunday morning services, 9 and 11. And of course, uh, prayer meeting on Tuesday, 7 o'clock. Everybody welcome. Come out and join in some some good corporate prayer with us. Uh, you're all, all invited. As far as um, partnering with us uh, for the fines, the Rebel has taken us on, but Fight the Fines is the organization that if people wanted to, to go online and donate to that, they certainly can. The church website is churchinthevine.com. You can find a little bit of information on there as well. Email, though, might be the very best way to connect with us. Uh, we check that the very most often, and that would be churchinthevine at gmail.com. That's it. Keep it nice and simple. We're located 12345 149th Street, right across from Costco. That's not a joke. We are actually at 12345, right off the Yellowhead. <laughs> yeah, I love your address. <laughs> well, we didn't you know even have to pay extra for and that. And you know address. what I love is the fact that, you know, you are right across from uh, that big box store that's been open the whole time. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Yes, it is amazing. We, we've had to guard our hearts against a little bit of coming into church on Sunday morning, seeing the parking lot over there jam-packed and AHS at our doorstep saying, you have more than 15 people. It's a little <laughs> bit frustrating, but that's okay. We trust God with that battle, right? That's right. And even though things look really bleak, I'll tell you what. God is fixing to do something amazing. I really believe we're looking at some incredible things on the horizon and outpouring like we've never seen. And we've got to have the faith for that. We've got to keep our eye on the ball because a lot of things right now are distractions. Oh, absolutely. I, I believe that. I believe that, uh, you know, we're not out for the count. I believe that the, the church is rising in our land. It might seem small at first. It's almost like you know, Elijah, when he saw the, the rain cloud the size of a man's fist, but I'm telling you that the rains are coming and it's coming quickly and it's with power like we've never seen before on this earth. 
Wow. Yes. Amen to that. Well, folks, I really want to recommend two books that I have. They were written by Rodney, and I highly recommend them. They're excellent books, and I've got them linked below as well. Shake the Dust is the first book. Wow. You have to get this book and Securely Rooted. The link to both those books are below in the description. Again, Shake the Dust and securely rooted. I really want to encourage people in Alberta, get out to Church in the Vine. I've also linked the church website below. Get out to one of the Sunday services, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Even if you live a ways out, it's worth the drive, trust me. And that Tuesday, 7 o'clock p.m. prayer meeting, you have to attend. A very, very powerful move of the Holy Spirit is doing something powerful here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Pastor Rodney and Pastor Tracy, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the program. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you too. Folks, that was Pastors Rodney and Tracy Fortin. That's Church in the Vine, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. The address and information, including the website and the books I referred to, are all linked below in the description. Reach out to them and let them know you heard them on the program. Thank you so much for tuning into the program. And don't forget, this Friday, be watching for the Sheila Zielinski Report. God bless you.